I can't remember where we went. We went like, I don't know, all the way to Wimbledon on the tube or something like that. And on the way back, this lady started like dancing, like some kind of like tantric dancing. And then she she, she shifted into yoga. Welcome, everyone, to episode 56 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your host, Michael, Anthony, and Stephen. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing just lovely. I think every time I come down here to record an episode, I just think to myself, how fortunate I am to be able to share good bourbon with you, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, speaking of sharing, uh, I took my son to a senior night of uh, Kentucky basketball. It was nice. We had, got to see uh, the two seniors we had this year. Oh, yeah. The, the transfers. <laughs> Do we, we ever usually have senior night? <laughs> it's it's usually, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During it, there was this older couple that came and sat, sat down next to us. And the lady had binoculars. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, she can kind of see, you know, who's playing. How far away were you? Were up in the nosebleed or? No, we were in the end zone. Uh, okay. The ba- it was like the back row of the end zone. So binoculars aren't making the most sense to me right now unless there was well, a vision issue, you know. Right. Well, um, I kind of gathered that either they had a child in college. Okay. Or someone they knew or a friend or there's no a lot of people. And she was eyeballing everyone. And that's all she was looking at the entire like first half of the game. So wait, so there's people playing basketball here and she's got the binoculars up and she's just like going around the stadium or what? I mean, uh, well, um, stadium, the arena. What the heck am I talking about? They were playing sports ball. The sports ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was over. It seemed to be over in the student section. Oh, like okay. on the side there, not not the eruption zone, but the side. Yeah. And uh, and she was she was in people's business. And like even the husband was like kind of like, oh, yeah, oh. this like kind of into it with her, like telling her like who's who or something like that. So maybe uh, they were like, you know, looking at somebody, like you said, kind of innocuous, or maybe mama saw something she liked. <laughs> you, mean, you mean grandma, maybe. Grandma, oh, jeez. All right. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed weird, like all these people were sitting down there, and she's over like spying on everyone. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I, you notice those kind of things when you're in public, like at times, like I'm one of those people that likes to people watch. And right. so I'm sure that when you were at the game, like you can't help yourself when you see something going on like that, you're thinking to yourself like, I want to ask that lady, what are you doing? Why are you staring at other people like intently with the binoculars? Mm-hmm. But of course you can't do that. You're with your kid, right? Yeah, you're right. trying to have a good time, you yeah. know? And the other weird thing is that uh, she wasn't sitting in the seat. She was more like the seat was up and her butt was on that part and her feet were on the seat in front of her, like the back of it, trying to like Wait, getting so herself like elevated. on the back instead of like the actual seat itself? <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, this gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. You got me thinking like, I'm trying to think about like times where I've encountered weird people and um, I don't know if I have any from sporting events, but definitely uh, we went to, my wife and I went to London for a conference back a couple of years ago. And so we got London, one of those Kentucky, London, England. Oh yeah. Of course, London, Kentucky. No, <laughs> <laughs> so no, yeah. Over I got to see what kind of people watching you across the pond. And so we're getting used to it. We felt like we were part of the city and everything. And we're taking the tube, you know, all around. We're getting pretty used to travel. And then one day, I can't remember where we went. We went like, I don't know, all the way to Wimbledon on the tube or something like that. And on the way back, this lady 
started like dancing, like some kind of like tantric dancing. And then, she, <laughs> and then she, she shifted into yoga and my wife and I are trying not to laugh now because we're sitting there and we're thinking, okay, this is definitely not normal, but she hasn't crossed over the threshold yet. Maybe she's just trying to get some exercise. You ever seen people like just trying to exercise in weird places? You ever seen stuff like that? Downtown, there's a, uh, there's a guy, I forgot what we called him, but he would go around shirtless. Okay. And he would just do push-ups on whatever he could find and like dips on whatever you find and just up and down like main street and vine street downtown. So good shape. I'm assuming then he just was doing in pretty good time. shape, but it was just a little crazy that that's what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. See, I can tolerate that up to a certain extent, but then this story over there in London ended a lot weirder than it started. So it went from the dancing and the yoga onto like this lady legit took her shoe off and started talking to her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Once that happened, all bets are off. Like, I don't think, I think I kept my composure a little bit better than my wife, which isn't normal. And she was just laughing and we're like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. So obviously I'm not making fun if that lady had something wrong with her, but she seemed like she was 100% together. Was there like a bucket out? Was she wanting money for performance? No, I have no idea. It was just, it was the strangest thing, but um, I'll never forget that lady. And then she legit put the shoe on, walked off when the train stopped, like nothing ever happened. So, I mean, if that's that's what, that's pretty good, right? Whatever. If that's what makes you happy, during the day if you got to take your shoes off on the tube and then talk to him to have a good good time you know it's all good with me just like that lady with her binoculars right Mm -hmm. so enough about uh you know these crazy people this weekend (laughs) um we had a chance to go out to sun valley farms you ever heard of sun valley farms no it doesn't ring a bell so it's one of those uh i don't know what to call it but it's um they breed horses out there, right? Okay. I've been to many of these now, the ones where they have the famous race horses and things like that. Sun Valley is not like that. They're more of like an up and coming and a little more of a family owned operation. But the cool things from Sun Valley is it's right in the shadow of Woodford Reserve. So it's like mm. literally a mile away from there. So if you're coming to oh, visit... Oh, that's got to be pretty then. Oh yeah. Coming to visit Woodford, you can take your kids over there, schedule a tour. We got to see baby horses, pregnant horses, horses that just dropped foals. I mean, it was crazy. And so... We had a great time over there. They put on a great tour. And then at the end of the tour, they took us over to uh, the house on the property. And it was the, oh, I can't remember the first name now. It's not James Pepper. It's James Pepper's father, right? So the Pepper family, right? You know, they started the original Woodford Distillery and they also had a distillery here in Lexington. Mm -hmm. So their original house that they, you know, started all in um, was right there on the property and the family lives in it. And so after we visited Sun Valley with the kids and another couple had a great time, we, we shot over to Woodford. <laughs> so the people we were with, um, you know, the, the other family, like, you know, the husband there, my buddy, he's a bourbon guy too. So he was like, you know, let's shoot over to Woodford. I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll have something good. You know, we'll just walk into <laughs> something. Of course, what do you think we walked into? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like usual, right? Yeah. So just a whole bunch of people crowd, crowd in the parking lot waiting to get on tours. And we walked into the gift shop, looked around, spent some time on the back on the deck, which was was nice and quiet. But um, Did you get any bourbon balls? No, we didn't really buy anything. We just kind of hung out there for a little bit. And then we took off and went to Wallace Station, which... Uh, delicious. Ooh, delicious. Yeah. yeah. We hadn't been there in such a long time, but man, that hit the spot. I think oh, yeah. I gained like five, six pounds. <laughs> off a half a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, half a sandwich, right? Yeah. That is probably one of the prettier uh, distilleries anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, highly recommend. I mean, I could go to Woodford like 10 times over, even not going for a tour. I wasn't mad to just walk in the gift shop Mm -hmm. and get nothing. It was just happy to be on the property. So Yeah. Before we get on to our bottle this week, we had one more um, anonymous review. So thank you to that person. 
And uh, if you guys uh, want a shout out, write a review for us in Apple Podcast, and we'll give you a shout out whenever we record next. So for this week, we have a bottle of Jefferson Reserve Twin Oak Custom Barrel. All right. Um, I'm excited about this one because I've been wanting to try this for a little while. So this is coming to us from the Kentucky Artisan Distillery. The bottle date is 2020. The ABV is 45.1%. The proof is 90.2. The age, um, it's not age stated. I know we've talked about Jefferson products in the past. They source from a lot of different places, so there's really no way to know. But um, I've seen some people say that the Twin Oak can be up to 10-year-old bourbon. That's pretty cool. The mash bill is unknown, and the MSRP on this is $80. So this is a this is a store pick. Did we say that? Yes, it's a store pick from uh, Total Wine. Total, Total Wine. Wine. Let's not forget about them. We'll talk about them in a second. Okay. I've got a bone to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at the bottle... It is very, very similar to the standard Jefferson Reserve. The only real difference is the screen printing on the front for the name of the product, but they have a different, they have more of a, a wood like collar sticker. And the top of the beautiful um, cork topper is Jefferson's head engraved into the top. Oh, gnarly. I just noticed that. It's like upside down the way I'm seeing it, and it looks really cool. Yeah. So that's a really nice little feature there. Yeah. Talk about some detail. This is the Twin Oak Custom Barrel. It is very old, very rare. Ooh. The uh, the regular Jefferson Reserve is very old, very small batch. There's a lot of varies going on. I remember that when we, we talked about it a while back. We'll go back to that. But, I mean, it's very, everything's very with them. Very small, very custom. Yeah. <laughs> very old. <laughs> <laughs> so the Twin Oak, they have a little... Um, blurb on the front basically saying that the bourbon gets put into a charred barrel with extra grooves for more surface area. Ooh. So I guess that's supposed to, um, you know, bring out more flavor because this is a non-chill filtered uh, product. I don't know if it stands out to me. It's clear. I mean, I guess the shape of it, because you kind of, everyone kind of knows the Jefferson's bottle. Yeah. Their product stack, it's, they're all, I think they're all or same bottle shaped. Yeah. This bottle is almost, um, you know, it's hard for me to say iconic because I don't know really how I feel about Jefferson's as a totality of a brand. Yeah. yeah. But this is definitely the, this bottle has become synonymous with the brand. You expect to see it and there are different variations of it. And I think it's a pretty cool, like classic kind of antique looking style bottle, right? It's kind of a throwback. Do you agree? I, I you know, I think the, uh, I think the wood topper on top is really kind of sets it apart because it's, it's tall. And it's got a little shape to it, you know, compared to the glass. There is a lot of vertical, I guess, wood on yep. it. So, and it has uh, real cork real, as well. Yeah, real cork. So, yeah, it's a fine bottle. So, a moment ago, you mentioned that this was a total wine pick, and so total wine pick. Yep, it's I, uh, from barrel sixty-eight. Okay, I got a really a love-hate relationship with total wine. I just got to air my grievances here before we get to tasting this. Um, Go right ahead. <laughs> You're in a safe space. I feel like anybody who I'm friends with in bourbon already knows the story, but my love-hate total uh, relationship with Total Wine starts all the way back to when they first opened. Like I legit walked into Total Wine before they were even open in Lexington, which was back in like I think 2000. It was either late 17 or early 18. I can't remember when they opened. Was it 17? I feel like 17. Yeah, I think it was 17. Because 18 is when they had that big that big lottery. Yeah. 
So it was probably 17. So, I mean, I have walked in there. I mean, they weren't even open. It was a soft open. They welcomed me in there. They're like, yeah, sure, you know, buy whatever you want. They had all kind of great product, single barrel stuff. And just, prices at the time. And prices were amazing. And so I was instantly hooked, right? I'm like, I'm never going to any other store besides Total Wine. And so uh, that waxed and waned over the years as they started to do weird things with releases and the prices started to creep up. But I still would go in there from time to time. And so... I just lost it this past couple of weeks ago. So they, I went in there. It was actually the day that we were traveling for our bourbon podcast. And so I figured I'll pop over to Total Wine right before we, we head out of town to Louisville to make sure that, uh, you know, I had been hearing that they were going to have Four Roses Barrel Strength. So I kept hearing this, hearing this, hearing So I walk in there and I just walked up to like regular employee and I was like, listen, I was like, do you guys have Four Roses Barrel Strength? And he said, the other store put it out. He said, but I don't. I don't know when we're putting ours out. So he didn't say they didn't have it. He just said, I don't know when they're putting it out. Mm -hmm. Right. So he kind of admitted to me it's in the store. <laughs> so I hang around for like another 10 minutes. I'm kind of like that, uh, that Pappy Rye. Which one? The one that's been sitting there probably for two years. They didn't release one year. And when they released it, you knew they'd been hanging on to it for like a oh, year. Oh, they always do that with their lottery. So yeah. like, yeah, they'll have like the, oh, that's what it was. It was when they did their Pappy lottery this year. The Van Winkle didn't release Rye this year, but somehow it's magically in their lottery because they're sitting yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like this is a long story. I got to tie it up here. So uh, I wait around a little bit longer. Nothing's happening. So finally I just walk up to like they have this like little I call it like a cube in the front where all the employees just kind of like huddle in there like they're they're not eager to help people they're just there to like stare at their computers and I don't know check inventory or whatever they're doing and so I asked the manager I just said you know um I'm hoping to get my hands on the four roses barrel strength pick that I heard you guys are getting in and she just looks at me and just says we haven't got it in yet and I'm like okay well that's convincing I'm I'm SOL right I'm walking out the door no four roses barrel strength for me I leave, I drive home, I come to pick you up, come to pick up Michael, and legit, not even like half hour later, everyone's posted on Facebook that they put their Four Roses pick out. Oh. So they look right at me, right in the eye, and just blatantly lied to me. I mean, I know they don't owe to sell me anything, but mm -hmm. that one was kind of like, um, so long story short there, well, that was a long story, is I haven't been back to Total Wine now for a one month, which is a long time for me to not be in a store that I used to go to probably two to three times a week. So, so I'm you, on strike. So are you just going to other places more often or you do pick up a store? No, I'm just sticking to, the you other, know, the other places, the other places that I, I'm a regular at and total wine was kind of like my go between. And I mean, the only reason I went to total wine more than like, say another large store like liquor barn is because I don't have a liquor barn real close to me. Yeah. The total wines down the road. Yeah. That's I went there for convenience. So I'll drive a little extra now and go to liquor barn when they got something I can't find at the other shops I go to. So nice. rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go for our first news? Yeah. Well, right off the bat, I feel like there's more here than on the standard Jefferson's reserve. I'd agree with that for sure. But I feel like my, my notes are all over the place as far as like, I'm going to say as far as quality of nosing. Okay. I want to start hearing some of them and I'll fill in the gaps of where I, you know, I keep picking up. I'm going to mention one right off the bat. I'm picking up like a very peripheral faint maple. Maple. And it's like only when I catch it coming off like the sides of the glass, if that makes sense. So Is it like, like a warm syrup? It's like a, yeah, almost like a syrupy or warm flavor. That's actually pretty nice. I like that part yeah. of it. 
And the, and the caramel and I think the baking spices are, are pretty nice in this as well. Yeah. But there are some other notes that I'm getting that are maybe not so nice. Uh, such as? Well, I'm getting a first aid kit notes. <laughs> so like when you got a ointment, first aid uh, kit? Like Neosporin. Think Neosporin. Oh, man. Like so some like sort of ointment. Medical ointment or like a gauze mm-hmm. or like a band. So, yeah, I know what you mean. When you open one of those like. And all Everybody those had a first smells. aid kit they had to make, and all that stuff that hits you in the face yeah. is what you're smelling. Yeah, that's unfortunately, I'm with you on that. There's something with like just the ointment that I'm. It's, and it, the thing is, is so I'm also picking up a little bit of apple on the nose. Mm, yes, yes. And so while we're getting like apple, you said caramel, we got this baking spice. So we're getting a lot of nice, complex notes. The deep note, the deep note that like hits you like right in the back of your nose. Seems like it's got like almost a deep grain, but almost medicinal quality. I think that's kind of where it's at. It almost smells like something that is not pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But it's not at the beginning. Like if you just, if you just run this glass by your nose real quickly, you pick up all the good stuff. If you nose it deeply, then you pick up the stuff that you don't want. At least it's what I'm thinking. Yes. If you really get your nose in there, it's like on the very back of your hair is your nose you're getting that's perfect these these notes that's a perfect description i mean i couldn't have said that one better well let's go ahead for our first sips well um i think again on (laughs) i think again on the uh the palette i'm getting uh, a tale of two tails here again yeah kind of like on the nose yeah i think so i think the baking spices come over the spiciness yep um a little bit of char yeah, I think this being you know to, you know double oak char, mm-hmm. non chill filtered. I think kind of all that's coming through. Yeah, that's kind of the first predominant thing on your palate. Mm-hmm. Which you know, for me, I you know I enjoy the French oaks and wines. Yep. And so this is kind of hitting you, kind of like with an oak, you know, kind of with oak forward. And yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty pleasant. Yeah, for. You know, some people don't like oaky, but this does have, um, it, it has more of a sweeter flavor when you first mm-hmm. catch it on the yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah. And then as it travels back in the, in the palate, to me, it almost has a little bit more of, um, I don't want to say band-aids because you're the one that said it smelled like that. I'm not necessarily tasting a lot of that. Are you tasting a lot of medicinal stuff on the palate? Not not as far as that goes, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really getting the medicinal stuff. I'm getting like a little bit of the pleasing. It's almost like uh, this doesn't make any sense because I don't even know how to make apple pie, but like a green apples, but also a little bit of cinnamon. Um, so well, I mean, like a, a lot of those. A stewed fruit almost kind of, of thing. Those, uh, a lot of the nosing that we had must be coming over into the, into the palate for you then. Yep. But, how about the finish? Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be like in true Jefferson's Reserve jefferson's fashion but we're getting that um that mossy grass finish yeah gosh that's uh that's disappointing and yeah it's not it's not too pleasant yeah i will just say this i recently listened to another podcast i won't say which one but i was listening to a conversation with a master taster for a distillery and they were talking about how if you get that grass or grain note, that's not something that you want. It's how they know, basically saying in the palate, 
I know what I don't like, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I know what to identify that I don't like. And the grass grain was one of those things. They described it as like a grass grain moldy thing. And so you've picked that out on this finish and you got to help remind me here. Do you remember if we caught that back? We This is not our first go around with Jefferson's. No, I think Michael had, had called out the lawnmower. Yeah, no, I like a lawnmower uh, yeah. taste on it. He said, you ever cut your grass and you don't clean your lawnmower and then you roll it into the garage and you kind of get that smell and sort of that flavor that sort of takes over the air. And now I, I will say this. I remember that episode that was back on, I think episode 36. Mm-hmm. I did not like that at all. I hated that flavor of that bourbon. It yeah. was just so bad. Um mm-hmm. I will save my for my past try buy, but we're not anywhere near that territory with this. Um No, especially no. especially on the nosing, it was way yeah. more way more complex. Yep. So when you're mentioning that that we had tasted Jefferson's before, um I had to really dig deep here because now what we're on episode fifty six and I know it doesn't seem like a lot to people, but you know when you drink bourbons uh, for 56 episodes, sometimes you can forget things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do remember that when we did our pass try by for the regular Jeffersons, I think we were a straight pass on that. Is that correct? Um, you're probably right. Yeah, I think we. I feel like that's probably something. Yeah, we all kind of. Then I think we jokingly said, "Why do people always give you Jeffersons as gifts?" Um, yeah. You know that you become an undercover fan. So, <laughs> so Anthony, would you? Pass, try, or buy on the Jefferson's Reserve Twin Oak Custom Barrel. Okay, this is going to be surprising and controversial. Let me get this right out there. I have tried now, this would be the fourth Jefferson product I've tried, and I have not liked any of them overly much, okay? So I'm going to put this one in the category solidly of a try. And why am I a try here? Because I do think it's worth the look. Of course, we got the craze of everybody doing toasted barrels of some sort. And I'm pretty sure Jefferson's was early to the game. They weren't late to the game. They've been doing this kind of experimental wood stuff all the time. Uh, there's enough unique going on here for me to try at an $80 price point. And even then, I think it's higher in some markets. I think it's almost like 100 in some markets. Um, we're not talking about anything that I would ever probably want to buy at that price. But I do like it for what it is. I recommend trying. And I will also throw in, because this is a total wine pick, <laughs> only because it's total wine, I would pass. <laughs> but, but I mean, come on, I'm a try. What say you? You know what? I think people have, I don't know what why people, you know, they feel like Jefferson Reserve is like their go-to. And I, I feel like it's becoming a kind of a gateway bourbon. Okay. Almost like... You know, your Basil Hayden or your Eagle Rare. I don't know if people just pouring it. I think just the plain Jefferson Reserve is kind of boring, right? There's not much there. Yeah. I'm guessing people are putting it on ice, and it goes down pretty smooth at that point. And they're like, oh, I like bourbon, you know, because of that. Um, so I feel like, I don't know if it's all the Jefferson products are kind of that way. Do they have anything that's even higher? Because these are the same proof bottles. Do they have yeah. anything high, like a barrel or... Sh- I, they do have some castrings stuff that they do, they do release, but I'm not I'm not super experienced with it. And the one thing I will throw in there real quick is you got to remember, like I think we mentioned this when we reviewed uh, the other bottle for episode 36. Like when they started this stuff off, they were sourcing and bottling some crazy stuff, like Sitzel Weller stuff oh, and other wow. things. It's like legendary, still commands mm-hmm. good money on 
secondary and other markets. But I think that that reputation and then some of the first type of stuff they did is kind of what was a launching point. And so now they have so many different products that are out there. I'm not saying that it lacks quality. It's just I'm still searching for what is the exemplar of, right. you know, <laughs> the best representation of Jefferson's. Right? Yeah. So uh, I think I've had three of their products. And so I think for this one, I'll be a try. Okay. Yeah. I think there's enough there to enjoy, especially if you throw a, throw a cube in there. So to kind yeah. of maybe mellow it out. Maybe, maybe if you do that, maybe some of those, those notes that we don't like will kind of dissipate. Yeah. That's I, one thing. You never know how the ice might change it. Yeah. And I mean, this is a fresh crack. We always like to say that, but we've let it set. And I do think that we've picked up more mm-hmm. on it since we've gone through it, but it is hard to have a standout when you're at a certain proof point and you also have things that may or may not be consistent. Like I still couldn't find, and I wish they would make this more clear <laughs> how long this is finished in the secondary cask. I saw something that said four months. I saw something that said six months. And for reference, others that do toasting and that kind of stuff, they I think they age a lot longer than that. For me, it's, you know, because I chose a try, part of it is that $80 price point. Yeah. And for not being, you know, kind of blown away by it. Uh, is there something else maybe in this price point that might be better? Well, I could think of a lot of things in the price point that might be, you know, better because now, of course, we're dealing with a market where bourbon has just shifted. And so I think the true price of this should probably be 50, 60 bucks. I'd be happy paying 50, 60 bucks for it. But then again, what you're happy paying for one day and what you like drinking one day might just be crazy the next day. So have you seen the price of Blanton's lately? <laughs> I think I've heard it's gone up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, when I moved here, uh, 2011, you could go and get Blanton's off the sh- shelf for like, I think it was 40, as little as 30, 40 yeah. to 45 bucks, yeah. right? So that price has steadily risen to about now, what, 60, 65, somewhere in there. And so uh, this weekend, I threatened two groups of friends that I text with to leave bourbon forever if Blanton's goes over $125 local or at 150 or 160 national. So we're talking about, you know, secondary market pricing. And by the end of the weekend, there were people selling Blanton's local here in Kentucky for $110 and there were a couple of national fireball rises that went for a 150 and 160. So we're talking about regular blend, wow. Steven, <laughs> you know, that makes your, uh, that makes your, your straight from the barrel orders from Europe look like oh, gold God. mines. <laughs> I wish I kept some of those. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I think about that and I think if people were paying $110 to have Blanton, which is 94 proof from Buffalo trace, you know, they say what, four to six years old, but they have a lot of stuff in that price range. I mean, why not try a twin Oak for 80? If, if someone's going to go out, he's been a hundred and you know, a yeah. hundred to 150 on Blanton's. And so that's, I guess that's kind of completing the full circle of the market. Like I jokingly said that Weller 12 should be $300 as a joke. And it almost made it to 300 and it settled back down. And now I'm looking at Blanton's and I'm going, this is not sustainable. I don't know if it's inflation or what, but I can't believe it's selling for that much just for regular Blanton's. That's high. Yeah. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.